Bruce Lawn. Stop quoting that Bible verse. Episode two with some of the dopest Christian creatives, creators. Are we creators or we creators? I don't know that you haven't heard of. What we're trying to do here and what I want us to do here is to avoid jumping to extremes, right? And so we're going to jump into this passage and there's, we, cause you can go one of two ways. Like a lot of you guys are going to be like, he said, sell everything. If you're rich, how dare you have a house? Sell it all. Right. And there's that, like, the, I could sense that energy in the comments and in the chat off top, right? I could sense that from, from some of you guys. And then there's other you guys that are like, nah, dude, God wants me to have a gajillion dollars. Right. And you go to what are the other extreme? So we want to have, we want to have just scales, we want to have reasonable approach. And so let's, I think that was a great introduction, probably a little too long, but I think it was a great introduction. Let's get into this passage and talk about how often this is utterly butchered um, because it just completely lacks um, the, <laughs> the context. I'm trying to, um, uh, I'm trying to pull it up. Um, so Let's 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 look at something, and then we could get uh, we get Pastor Trey and 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 Pastor Roy and Jason to, to hop in. So this is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? Twenty nine eleven. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me i will be found by you says the lord i will end your captivity and restore your fortunes i will gather you out of the nations where i sent you and will bring you home again to your own land this is one of the extremes i think of you know i have plans for uh you know i have plans for you uh, plans to prosper you plans not to hurt you right which again like if this is absolutely true it has to absolutely true be true for all christians everywhere all the time right and this is not this is specifically jeremiah writing and if you scroll up again all, you know context passages over verses uh, uh, uh chapters over passages books over 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 chapters right if you scroll up the verse right before it says this is what the lord says you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I promised and will bring you home again. So this is like, yo, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got a plan for you. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you, but you're going to be in poverty and in, in Babylon for 70 years, right? So the context is just literally going up to the verse before and everybody wants to take this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to, this is my year for 2021, Jeremiah 29, 11. I got plans. <laughs> it is just like, yo, you may want to look at the verse right before it, because the verse right before it, ah, uh, it's not super lit. Let's let's get let's get the um, let's get the guys in it. Who wants to who wants to take a stab at this first? Trey, you're already unmuted, which means you're fired up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really helpful to know the context here. Like we so read our Bibles individually, and that's one of the most harmful things we can do. Yeah, uh, really, we need to see it as a communal thing. And so, like, what's interesting about this promise is, again, there's going to be 70 years of a captivity. So they're going to be doing these things knowing I won't receive the blessing, but my children will. And imagine if society really began to think that way. I know I'm not going to experience any of this benefit, but I'm doing it for the next generation. Mm -hmm. 
but then the reason we're in debt and everything is because we want stuff now. But again, context is there, there were, uh, before that, there were 490 years of disobedience. Mm. Prophets warning, 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 yeah. exile will come. You'll go into captivity if you don't repent and turn. Not be perfect, but just repent and worship the one and true holy God. And they refused. Their hearts were stubborn, right? Mm. Isaiah talks about their hearts were far from me. They just gave me lip service. So yeah. now that's why you have Jeremiah. He's a weeping prophet because it's like, you guys don't get it. And you're in captivity and you still don't get it. Yeah. And so there's 490 years of disobedience, seven years of captivity. And really the, the people had two options. What we actually know is um, the people of God, what they wanted to do is live on the very outskirts of Babylon, so they didn't want to be in the heart of the city. They didn't want to care for the city. Yeah. They were there because they had to be, but they're going to be as far away from the life of the city as possible. And so the Babylonians wanted them to assimilate, yeah. and some of them did. They actually became just like the Babylonians. They worshiped the same gods. We kind of have this today, right? We're Christians. We think, hey, let's just be just like the culture, mm. right? Like this is how we can reach them when you're just like them. But then one day you look up, man, I'm just like them. you know. And so I say to our people a lot, um, we are more effective in our mission when we stay true to our distinction. Yeah. So there are some things that we're just simply not like them, but some of them were assimilating, but a lot of them were alienating. So they were just like, we're going to stay away from the city. We do not want to bless this place. Yeah. We're going to do as much as we can just to bless us, us for no more. And so that was the situation that they were in. And what's amazing is he's saying, look, that blessing will come in your life. If you look at verse four and five and six, it's saying, build, plant, multiply. It's saying, Make your home in Babylon. Make mm. this a flourishing place. I think, um, you know, that's what we have to do for our city. And when you look at what's been helpful for me as a church planter to recognize flourishing, prosperity, yeah. me and Jason always mess around. I like the word flourishing. He likes the word prosperity. So <laughs> I like both. You know, that's the Baptist in me. Um, yeah. But there's so many domains to society, right? So it's agriculture. How can we help with that. It's education, it's government, it's art and media, it's science and technology, it's medicine, yeah. it's economics. It's a full holistic picture of flourishing. And that's what shalom is. Shalom is not just absence of war. It's this presence of flourishing because we're in the presence of God and we're completely holistic. And so this was the call of God from the beginning. Come on. And so he's saying, hey, do this yes. and do it for Babylon. Because guess what? The Old Testament is all pointing to the New Testament where it's the new covenant. And really the Old Testament was just a picture of a come and see Israel. But now it's going to be go and tell to the whole world. Yeah. And so God loved those Babylonians, even in the Old Testament. Mm. You know? And so it's bring wow. the gospel to them. Yeah. And so that's the context of this. And so it's like, why isn't God blessing me? Well, you're not living out the the, the way of Jesus, Come right? And so uh, why would God bless me if I'm going down the wrong path? For yeah. me, what wakes me up is when I've lost everything. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going the wrong way, you know? And so that's why in God's grace, he actually doesn't answer a lot of our, our prayers, doesn't yes. give us flourishing. Yes. Because he directs us on the path of righteousness. Proverbs says that an inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end, if we think about flourishing, prosperity, and inheritance, remember Proverbs also says a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren, yet it juxtaposes that with saying an inheritance obtained too early is not a blessing in the end, that sometimes you're not equipped for the blessing you think you want, or I'm going to dig a little bit, I'm going to dig a little bit, you think you're entitled to. Right? right. If you think you're entitled to flourishing, prosperity, blessing, relationally, physically, um, 
financially, but you're not in that space where you're willing to do what Trey just said, which is he said in Jeremiah 29, the verses before that is talking about what do these things specifically, right? Like, like go plant, go better, make the city better, take care, stewardship, Trey, uh, push back on this. If you want to, if, if we live God's ways, right, which is loving, kind, selflessly, generously, uh, working with our hands, right? Because uh, that's all throughout the New Testament. Work with your hands. Work with your hands, right? So, so no, if we if we live God's ways, is it fair to say that maybe not all, maybe not instantly, but we will be in God's will, right? That that that, that unlocking some of that flourishing will happen as a byproduct. It may take a year. It may take five years. Shout out to Sean Cano for the amazing uh, Super Chat donation. I know Sean. I've known Sean for a while. Sean has been doing YouTube since like 2009, 2008, right? I remember when Sean just did reviews of products from Amazon, right? And and he was just off of Amazon affiliates. And now we see Think Media and it's like, oh, wow, 1.2, 1.3 million subscribers, but we don't know the back end of that and how a de- on the decade of it now people see him and think he's an overnight success, right? But it's, right. The, it's the persistence in continuing to do things God's ways that over time uh, positions us to, to be in some of that, like that prosperity or that flourishing, as you would have to say. Uh, w- w- would, you, would you agree with me there? Yeah, I agree with that. I think like, um, you know, Proverbs kind of gives that, that principle, but it's not a promise. Yes. So generally speaking, that is... Nine times out of 10, that is what's going to happen. But I think other times, flourishing does happen. It's just never the way we would define it. Yes. And so I think that's the helpful um, caveat there. A, a scripture in Proverbs that I love is Proverbs 30, uh, 7 through 9. It says, two things I ask of you. It says, number one, keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. So that's a good lesson for social media. Uh, but two, give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and yes. deny you, saying, yes. who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and still profaning the name of my God. So I think that's what we should be asking for. And then when God gives us over an abundance, it's like, okay, sometimes it's, hey, I'm, I'm you know what? I'm going to take my family to Disney World. I'm going to bless my family. Yeah. This is going to be a great time. Yep. I'm going to bless my neighbor. I'm going to, you know, and so I think that's the reality, though, is we have to have, we have to recognize money is not a right, it's a responsibility. It's a beautiful gift that we get to use to serve others. Um, And then Jason will uh, disagree with me. So go ahead, Jason. Let me, let me, let me read this verse that Sean posted, because I think it's really good. It says, it is good to grasp the one. It is, it is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. I want to hear from Jason on this because uh, I think he may push back, but I really like Jason's pushback. So, Jason, what do, what do you think about uh, kind of everything that was just laid out? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you agree with most of it, but feel free to disagree and push back. Yeah, I mean, I don't have super disagreement. Every time I hear something, I'm just writing stuff down, so mm-hmm. I'm not being a wise person and keeping up with the whole conversation. Um, I'm sure everybody's feeling that. Uh, <laughs> I'm over here. I'm jotting. But, I, you know, going back to Jer- – I want to go back to Jeremiah 29.11 for a second. Okay. Because I, we I want to focus on that context because my brain's just been there since you brought it up the other day. You had talked about um, – Earlier, even Roy, you had brought this up just about the context of prosperity. Here are people who are sitting in um, a situation where the Lord has told them in verse 10 that this is they're going to sit in this for 70 years. <laughs> you know, we have the highlights or, or we have the benefit of hindsight with uh, 
these passages of scripture. Yes. So we tend to go, oh, they're doing good. Oh, they're they're just jerked out of all of their goodness that they're in, and they've lost everything. Well, you got to keep in mind that for most of these people that are living here, they're just living their life. Yeah. These aren't people who are feeling the full implications of this. Yeah. And so prosperity is a universal concept. Okay. Biblical prosperity is a universal concept. Come on. The implication or the um, the uh, uh, implementation of that prosperity is not universal. Okay. So when I read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I'd imagine I'm doing better than most of these people who are in captivity. Okay. Because I'm not in captivity, I'm free. But if you go over, let's talk context for a second. If we just scoot right over to Daniel mm-hmm. chapter 1, which was happening at the same time as Jeremiah 29, 11. Got my Ace Ventura going. I'm sorry. <laughs> it came out. It's happening at the same time as Jeremiah 29, 11. Individually, Daniel is prospering, and okay. God gave him favor. Okay. Chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, chapter, uh, what is it? Chapter uh, 4, verse 27. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's uh, being lengthened by prosperity. Chapter uh, 6, verse 28. So Daniel prospered yeah. during the rain. Yeah. So prosperity still happens individually. It still mm. happens. It's, it's, it, it's, it's moldable to the context. So, for instance, when we talk about something like uh, uh, the Western idea of prosperity, that a lot of what we see on TV is a Western you know, concept of prosperity. Oh, my God, these people speak in American English. I would hope so. Yeah. Because preaching Ethiopian prosperity in American English ain't going to help Ethiopians or Americans. Mm. So it has to be in our context. We have to see it in our context. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm afraid a little bit of, of prosperity is getting old. I think our prosperity preachers have too much old money now. Mm. <laughs> and so the, the bridge of the gap from I'm poor right. to yeah. I'm starting my journey of wealth, they are too far removed from that. Yes, We see that in all church leadership. Yes. I mean— if you got a pastor who's been pastoring for 50 years, you're probably going to find his messages aren't super relatable to your life. Yeah. Uh, if you got a, a, a denominational overseer who hasn't pastored a church in 25 years, he's probably going to give you some really terrible strategies. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Because there's, there's just a distance there. So I think in, in a lot of the bigger prosperity circles, one of the... Uh, 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 real failures has been to raise up the next generation of prosperity preachers mm. that aren't their children mm. because those people do not have the same experience. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I know more about prosperity than any of Kenneth Copeland's grandkids mm. who are on TV. Yeah. So if you listen to Kenneth Copeland's grandkids, you need to move that seed you're sowing over to me because I can actually tell you how to prosper. <laughs> they can't. They can tell you how to get on TV without working for it. Oh, my gosh. How to preach bad messages and get paid for it. I mean, I'll just tell you right now. That's how it is. If you if you guys have recommendations for us for what you want us to talk about next time, okay, leave those verses in the comments section. Jeremiah 29 11 was a big one. But if you guys have specific recommendations, maybe we'll get into, I don't know, Malachi, tithing. Is tithing biblical for the Christian? Maybe we'll go in there. I want to hear from you guys in the comment section which which uh verses do you guys want to see covered in part three of this conversation. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Joshua the king came down and bore it all Yeah Conversations front of the fireplace 